Today on News Through Different Views, a 70-year-old Florida woman tased three times by Florida police officers on her 70th birthday. Boy, that's going to be interesting. I wonder what happened there. Also, teenagers so addicted to their cell phones, they're going to detox centers. Well, I can see that happening. We need something like that. And traffic lights now on the ground for phone addicts looking down on the phone. I guess these are LED traffic lights they have put down um, in Germany. So yeah, that's what's coming up today on News Through Different Views. Stick around. Good morning, all you beautiful people. Welcome to News Through Different Views. It is 11.29 a.m. this morning on uh, the 4th of January, 2020. Yeah, wow, here we are. And do we have some news for you this morning? Sounds like things have been uh, pretty interesting. Uh, looks like this happened uh, December 31st, 2019 at about 11.46 um, a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So yeah, about 15 minutes from now on December 31st, 2019. A Florida woman, Barbara Pinky, was spending time with her family the day after Christmas and ushering in her 70th birthday at her Brenditon, Florida home when knocks came from the door and interrupted the festive mood and eventually resulted in her arrest. The retired food service worker is now facing two felony charges of resisting arrest and battery on an officer after an interaction with law enforcement that involved their search for her grandson, Tevin Turner. Pinky said she looked out the front window that day and saw two deputies near her car. Her 19-year-old granddaughter was in the back of her house and saw the two officers and saw two more officers behind the home, she said. Wow, so right away it looks like they um, you know, the standard thing, that, you know, you got the guys at the front door. If you're serving a warrant, you got the other guys covering the 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 back exits or windows and and possibly any other escape routes that might might be used uh, by the fleeing suspect. Goes on to say, Turner was wanted on an arrest warrant for violating his probation by carrying a concealed weapon. According to probable cause affidavit, authorities went to Pinky's home because he had provided her address while on probation, although he wasn't living at her home. Patrol deputies were trying to enter her home for several minutes, according to the affidavit. Pinky told the Washington Post that she thinks the authorities kicked on the door because the sound was too hard to knock. Well, that, that can be hearsay. They knock really loud. I mean, that's their job. They knock really loud, announce that, hey, police. And yeah, I can imagine how two a uh, 70-year-old lady could sound like they're knocking the door down, especially if it's 7 a.m. and it's been a quiet morning and you're having coffee. Um, yeah, that could be pretty traumatic, pretty loud. It might sound like they're kicking, but I, I doubt they were kicking. But who knows? Who knows? Manatee Ca County Sheriff's Deputy Jason Riley told a man standing at Pinky's door that officers had a warrant and that if they found Turner inside the home, he would also be arrested, according to the report. Wow. Oh, they're out for blood. They're, they're going to take everybody. You, you, everyone. Fuck it. Take them. <laughs> so I guess the door was answered by whatever gentleman that they were talking to. Uh, and then Pinky went to the door. It says, Pinky walked to the front door and identified herself as the homeowner and said, you aren't coming inside without a search warrant, according to the affidavit. Riley didn't need a search warrant because of the Florida statute that gives officers the right to enter a building w with an arrest warrant if there is a belief that the suspect is present. 
Hmm, sounds pretty open-ended there. After Riley explained to Pinky, she still refused to step aside by saying, No, you show me the warrant, she said according to the report. Pinky said later she did not know about the law. Riley gave one more warning. If he came in and found Turner, or if Pinky prevented him from coming in, she would also be arrested. As deputies pushed in the door, Pinky blocked it with her left leg while trying to close it, according to footage taken by a relative that was obtained by WFLA. In the video, an officer grabs the grandmother by the wrist as she pulls back, and the pop of a stun gun is heard, and she screams. It was hurting, and that's when I went down, she said. The silver piece went out of my arm, and it was sticking out. So it looks like she only got touched with one connector, and it didn't really make the connection. After she was pulled outside, she was stunned again in the back and taken to the ground, and rolled onto her stomach. The affidavit states she refused to place her hands behind her back, clutching them beneath her body, according to the report. <clears> hmm, <throat> okay, we've seen that on the, on, you know, on bad boys, bad boys. They're trying to get the hands, and they're like, they're holding it underneath of them, and they're <laughs> trying to get the cuffs on them. Uh, it goes on to say, Pinky said she had fallen on her hands and actually wasn't trying to resist arrest. I couldn't move, she said. Riley had placed his knee on Pinky's back and warned that he would stun her again if she did not comply. However, being unable to remove her hands, she was stunned again on the upper back. Uh, Riley used his stun gun, according to the document. The third strike didn't have any impact, though, on the five foot two woman, according to the report. What is she like, Superwoman? Good night. She has 70 year old birthday powers? Wow. Goes on to say, as Riley held the grandmother on the ground with his knee, another officer placed handcuffs on her, according to the report. Good night. How many officers does it take in Florida to, to, to get a 70-year-old woman in handcuffs? I mean, in my personal opinion, I don't think a taser was needed or necessary at all for a 70-year-old anybody. Anybody. There's just not no excuse for that. According to this, there was two police officers at the front door and two in the back to make sure that uh, the suspect didn't escape as his protocol and um yeah it just seems to me that uh, the taser was too much taser was too much these these guys uh but apparently this has happened before um this this officer riley gentleman has had issues in the past with tasing old people but we'll we'll go on and find about that in just a second pinky then refused to get in the patrol car causing riley to pull her body inside according to his statement goodness come on barbara Come on, you gotta, you gotta work with them a little bit, you know. They've, they've, you gotta go to jail. You might as well, I mean, not get tased. Just get in, get in the damn car, all right? It says nothing was going through her mind at the time. She said, I was doing nothing but hollering and crying. Pinky's grandson wasn't found in her home either. Riley said that there was enough time for him to leave through the back of the home, given all the chaos at the front, according to the affidavit. Well, now hold on here, Mr. Riley. Now... It's clearly stated right here that there was two officers in the back to make sure that nobody was escaping the home. And it was a home, not an apartment complex. I mean, there was like a front door and a back door. So, no. No, don't try to play it off like he escaped. You fucked up. There was nobody there and you caused a big scene for no reason. I mean, he could have been there, but he wasn't. He wasn't. Don't try to play it off is all I'm saying. What I think he should have just said is, nope, he wasn't there. But at the same time, she should have complied. She should have complied with the requests. Um, of course, I believe that she should have been shown some sort of a warrant instead of told, even if it was a warrant for the arrest. Here's the warrant for the arrest. 
um, it's the same thing as a warrant to search the property. That's the exact same thing. Uh, but some, some sort of document for peace of mind to a homeowner should be shown. Otherwise, it's, it's essentially, um, I don't know, it's, it's um, some, some touchy, uh, if you ask me. Yeah, just show proof and then comply. There's no reason not to comply. If proof is shown. Uh, there's absolutely, I mean, for me, if I was an officer, I would show the proof to cover my grounds. Uh, I wouldn't come off as just being a hard ass, you let me in because I say so or else type thing. But it kind of seems like this one Riley gentleman here, this this Riley officer character, he's had problems before. So that's I think that's where this whole thing stems from. Um, Riley was named in a lawsuit for a similar situation after a July 2008 search uh, went awry for a 75-year-old man's grandson. The man refused to allow Riley in his home without a search warrant after telling officers his grandson was in Washington State. And the Sarasota Herald Tribune reported, the man was arrested and charged with the same offenses as uh, Barbara Pinkies, but was cleared in January 2009, uh, where the man uh, sued Riley and the other officers unsuccessfully. But yeah, so there's a little bit of track history going on with this with this Riley character. Um, sounds like he needs a diff different job. Don't tell him no. <laughs> he doesn't like for you to tell him no. If you tell him no, he's going to get mad, throw a temper tantrum. <laughs> And I'm not talking about kicking and screaming and throwing things. I'm talking about pulling tasers and guns and shooting people. Like, this is probably not a guy you would want to be married to. Or tell no for any matter. Yeah, sounds like you should get a different job. Leave those old people alone, Mr. Riley. Shame on you. 70 years old. Tasing 70-year-olds three times. Come on. Use your man muscles. Use your manly, manly muscles. Ah. <laughs> I mean, grab her. Grab her two dudes just grab her she refuses arrest you can't hurt you grab her take her to the car put her in cuffs shoot yeah yeah i don't know maybe i'm missing something maybe tasing people is like really freaking fun i don't know i've never done it before but heck it might be addicting to this guy goes on to say pinky was booked thursday morning and released friday evening after her daughter posted the one thousand dollar bond she spent the night in jail crying she said if convicted on her charges, she faces up to six years of incarceration, six years of probation, and up to a $6,000 fine. And pen uh, the penalties are something she tries not to think about, she said. Boy, that's the thing, man. You, uh, it, Something so small and insignificant in the span of a few minutes can, can be life-altering. Yeah, I bet she had no idea that she was going to be facing up to six years of incarceration. Six years of probation and $6,000 worth of fines. And all on her birthday, too. <laughs> wow, what a birthday. What a birthday. So again, I'm kind of torn on this one. If uh, two officers showed up to search my house, I would like to see some sort of a proof. Um, I don't know the laws on that. I don't. It doesn't seem like they could just show up and walk right in your house without some sort of a, um, a document. By just stating that they have the right to do so um, that that I don't know like I, I don't know somebody if, if you know feel free to to uh, message the show let me know they'd be interested interested to uh, to find out from what I understood you had to had some sort of even even of an arrest warrant some sort of proof of that otherwise like how would you I mean I mean anybody could could dress up as an officer and, and come into your house at that point, I guess. So it's a tough one. I don't know how that works exactly. 
And if for some reason they can just pop in, into the house without any kind of a, a proof to the homeowner, then we're getting dangerously close to the Gestapo over here. But I really doubt that's the case. So anyways, what do you do? They should have been nicer. She should have let them in. Hindsight's 2020. Ah, uh, what do you do? It's 2020. All the way around. <laughs> oh, man. That was corny. That's all right. Moral of the story is, if uh, police officers show up and knock on your door to begin with, hide. Hide. Be very, very quiet. Just a really quick disclaimer. The men and women of law enforcement are really great people for the most part. A lot, most of them are out there putting their lives on the line. They're doing a great job. They, they really have to put up with a lot and see a lot. Um, on a daily basis, they're, they're dealing with, for the most part, the degenerate of society. Um, they're, they're not dealing with regular people like you and me who are law-abiding citizens, who use our, use our freaking heads. Um, they're dealing with, with complete and total idiots. And so um, I can only imagine what goes into uh, showing up at all the different scenes that they show up to and, and having to dissect every situation and of course every situation is going to be different every person at every different situation is going to be different and so there's just so many variables at any given um stop or at any given uh situation on on duty so my hat does go off to the uh, men and women of law enforcement we thank you for what you do and yeah there, there will always be a bad a bad apple in a basket of any of any group or or society or whatever but um yeah, so just a little disclaimer there. I've even thought about becoming a police officer here, possibly in the near future. So, yeah, don't take this episode the wrong way. But anyways, yeah, thanks for listening to News Through Different Views. Teenagers, so addicted to cell phones, they're going to detox centers. No kidding. I used to joke about this. Like, <laughs> watch we watch later on down in the future, we'll need to actually detox from these things. We'll be addicted to them. Um, you know, you, you talk about kids being addicted to video games, and uh, or at least we used to talk about that. But the phone, the phones and mobile devices and computers, but mainly mobile devices, are so, well, mobile and they can literally do anything that you can do on a, a PlayStation or a PC or, or on television. It is literally your PC, television, everything all in your phone. So there's really no need to have any of these other devices except for if you want a bigger screen or you're sitting at home uh, more, having more memory. But like I said, essentially everything now these days are on mobile phones. And there's an app for absolutely everything. So it is creeping into almost every single aspect of our daily lives. I'm talking about from the moment we wake up with our alarm clock from our cell phone to, you know, the news maybe coming on on our cell phones or, um, you know, every, you're sitting at breakfast and you're going over with the weather or something on your cell phone, uh, uh, Facebook or, or Twitter or all these other different things are just constantly eating up our time. I know I had to take down my Facebook and haven't had Facebook going now for almost about three years, two or three years now, um, because I found myself, you know, I was running a, a lawn care business and I found myself 
going to take a shit and I'd break out my cell phone and I'd sit there and you know an hour would pass by and I'd look up at the clock and be like oh my goodness <laughs> and I would still be there just scrolling down watching videos um, reading what people were saying and that's kind of when I realized I had uh, a literal problem uh, embarrassingly and jokingly enough it was a problem to the point where I if I was honest with myself I had to say that I was sitting on my ass all day at any given spare moment with when I was with friends or when I was with family I was going out to eat um, when I ate at home in the car you know driving even though now it's um, hands-free Tennessee um, I mean it was bad and ever since I got rid of my Facebook which uh, I probably should get back up again just for um, my podcast here but after having shut that down it freed up so much time in my life so when I saw this uh, article teenagers so addicted to cell phones they're going to detox centers it really struck a chord with me because I was like man I, I understand it I get it I mean it's just like me um, and I know that I wasn't alone um, and even now I spend a lot of time on my phone but I've, I've, I have curbed that quite a bit but when I look around in society uh, any given restaurant you go to, you can see people sitting down at a table together. Um, they've never been closer together at the same time so far apart. And I think it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting. So yeah, let's let's dive right into this one and see what we can see what we can learn. It's looking like this story takes place in South Korea as it has one of the highest ownership of smartphones in the world, having more than 98% of uh, South Korean teens. And this, this poll was taken back in 2018, and that was according to their government figures. Uh, and, and many of those uh, teenagers have, were showing signs of addiction. Uh, however they did that, I'm not sure. But, I mean, heck, you can look around and, and, and find out what an addiction is. If, if anything that you do in a daytime that is uh, more than anything else that you do, to me, is an addiction. It could be anything. You know, anything you do consistently throughout the day more than anything else is in my eyes an addiction whether it's smoking or whether it's just biting your fingernails or, or just whatever it is that that is, constitutes an addiction for me around 30 percent of south korean children aged 10 to 19 were classed as over dependent on their phones according to the ministry of science and information and communications technology excessive smartphone use is the cause of decline in self-control in teens the South Korean internet camps are free, aside for a $100,000 won, or $84 in American, fee for food, boys and girls are sent to, a, to separate camps and each caters for around 25 students. Uh, the camp offers a 12-day detox for the students of absolutely no electronic devices. At the camp, the teenagers are encouraged to participate in scavenger hunts, in arts and crafts, and activities, and sporting events. They also have to attend compulsory one-on-one -on -one group and family counseling sessions to discuss their phone usage. Then, for 30 minutes before sleep, the campers meditate. Man, that sounds great. I need some meditation at the end of the day. I mean, here's another little side thing. I was Googling the other day, uh, Googling, uh, YouTubing, and I came across this article on smartphones because, you know, this whole 5G coming up. Oh, I got to get into that. That's really interesting. Really dangerous, mind you. Because right now, with just the 4G um, uh, technology that we have right now in our, in our smartphone devices, you can take a Geiger counter, and this is on YouTube. Check it out for yourself. Um, and put it up next to the phone 
and it actually will emit radioactive uh, pulses and when you uh, for example it's really weak it's steady but really weak when your phone's just sitting there almost to nothing but when you hit download or you're streaming videos that Geiger counter jumps all the way up man it is insane how much radioactiveness is going on in our phones um, especially when we're watching videos um, if we are streaming anything even if you're streaming a podcast live um, and, and think about it where do you where do you hold your phone most of the time uh, for me it's in my pocket or it's on my phone clip you know on the side of my pants and is awfully close to my junk and what I'm thinking is it could be affecting, you know, uh, the population's reproductive organs. It could be affecting a whole lot of things, but these studies haven't been done. Or if they have been, um, I haven't really heard about it, and it's not been very mainstream. But I really do believe there is some danger that people aren't being told about. And I think that the big problem is, is if people were actually told about these problems, they're so dependent, as stated before, on these devices for their daily lives that there would be no way to reverse this anyways. They, we would have to, I mean, take it for yourself. Could you leave your phone at home? Could you leave your phone at home? Boy, that would be insane. That would be insane. Could you go a day without your phone? I mean, most of us who were born, you know, before uh, the, the birth of you know, beepers and cell phones and all this kind of stuff. It was it was an everyday thing. It was we didn't even think about it. But now the world has changed so much that we can't imagine one day in our lives without these devices. And they didn't used to be to the point where they were so uh, radioactive to the point where they're going to make a Geiger counter go crazy and and they're constantly emitting these these frequencies. Um, but yeah, it's 2020. It's 2020. Technology is is going through the roof. And um, I, I think we can only expect to see these things get even crazier. Did you know that uh, in, by uh, the same amount of time from 1990 to 2020 to right now is the same distance from right now to 2050? Isn't that crazy? From 1990 to now is the same amount of time it is from now till 2050. That's something to think about. And imagine, and I, and I say that because imagine technology as it has increased within the last, uh, <laughs> with, since 1990, it has increased a whole lot. Now, take that from now till 2050. What will we be doing then? What kind of technology will we be having then? It's something that I enjoy to think about because, um, I mean, the possibilities are truly endless with the things that we're looking up from uh, zero gravity technology to, to different uh, energy solutions. It's, it's going to be a very, very exciting future, a uh, very scary future. I'm really worried about AI taking over as well. It's very, very possible. Once they can fix themselves and build themselves, they're going to see us as a problem to the earth, possibly. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I know Elon Musk and a few other greats out there have really voiced some concerns about AI in the future. As right now, it's already doing a lot of our jobs better than we can possibly do them ourselves. So, um, yeah, t only time will tell. Only time will tell. So I wonder how this camp works. Uh, is it successful? I don't know. Says camp director Yu Soon Duck, <laughs> Yu Soon Duck, said for the first few days, the teenagers have an agonized look on their faces. But from the third day on, you can see how they change, she said. They start to enjoy hanging out with their friends. 
Also on a wall at the Chionan camp, parents had left messages on a tree of encouragement. I guess they can throw messages over the wall or something and land in this tree. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird. But uh, it says, we hope that the camp will be a time to reflect on yourself and love yourself. Man, these Koreans got it going on. I mean, I think they, they've caught the problem. They've understood that there's a problem with it, and they're actually actively doing something about it. I would like to see something like that here in America. I think that um, it, would, it would go on to solve a lot of our youth's problems if they knew how to interact with people, knew how to talk to their, their, their elders, knew how to talk to each other instead of um, always over a headset or through a phone or a text message. Uh, but yet when they're sitting across from somebody, they feel awkward and just kind of stare and, and fidget with their hands and stuff. Yeah, we need more of that here, here in the States. Anyway, I thought that was another interesting one just because every time you go out um, in America, there's almost absolutely no one without a cell phone. And you may have felt like you might have been addicted to your phone at one point or time, or you might notice times where you were using your cell phone maybe a little excessively. You lay in bed, and then before you know it, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm sure that's happened to all of us a couple times. Uh, yeah, just technology. It's just one of those things that we're going to have to learn to live with as human beings and not let it take over us. Not let it take over us. There's a healthy, healthy line to where we can coincide and use the tools that we've been given the tools that we've invented but i think past that line they can they can start to control our lives so yeah we gotta watch out for that we gotta watch out for that as always you're listening to news through different views Germany installs ground-level traffic lights for distracted cell phone users. Boy, lots of cell phone things going on today. Let's see what we have to say about this one. Cell phone users glued to their devices while navigating city streets are about to get a guiding light. These pedestrians, dubbed Smombies, smartphone zombies, in Germany are slated to get special traffic lights to help them avoid oncoming traffic in Bavaria according to Mashable article citing a local German publication. Two, two tram stops in Aug, Augsburg have been outfitted with special lights built right into the pavement. The flashing red bulbs signal when a train is approaching and are meant to get the attention of cell phone users who aren't always looking up. We realized that the normal traffic light isn't in the line of sight of many pedestrians. So we decided to have additional set of lights. The more we have, the more people will be likely to notice them. Augsburg is not the first city to institute special safety measures for people who text and walk. The city of Chongqing in southwest China separated one of its major two sidewalks into two lanes, with one specifically designed for cell phone users in 2014. A warning sign painted in white reads, Cell phones walk in this lane at your own risk. Ha! <laughs> That's interesting, yeah. They've got a regular sidewalk for, you know, people who are walking regularly, and then they have one for the, the smombies. <laughs> that's great. The smartphone zombies who are just, I guess, looking down. But that's interesting. But you think about it. You go to a red light. You go to a crosswalk, and you're on your phone, and uh, the red's light, and you're standing there. You can see it out of your peripheral vision. Not a problem. Traffic's going by. Everything's working. Working great. Well, your light turns green, right? And you see it out of your peripheral vision. You're like, great. 
So you see people take a step, you take a step, everyone starts walking. Well, the driver is not quite paying attention because he's also, or she's also, on his or her cell phone. And then, and then wham. So it's like, in my opinion, these things, they're, they're great uh, to notify you when it's time to go. Uh, but you need to look up. You need to look up. You're, you're ultimately responsible for your own safety, not the government. The government might be able to help you out, put a light down there, but ultimately it's up to you to lift your freaking head up. Check it out, man. Check out the world around you. That's the real one. The real one might kill you. <laughs> so it, it's worth it. It's worth it. Look up. Look up. Oh, man. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, more recently, in New Jersey, a new bill proposed penalizing distracted walkers for crossing streets while focusing on their on their phones. <laughs> there we go. We'll do it the American way. We're going to find them. Make, make a dollar off these guys. They'll give them a light. Throw them in jail. <laughs> they would face up to a $50 fine and up to 15 days in jail. Wow. No kidding. Is it that big of a thing? Let's find out. It says the National Safety Council has recorded more than 11,100 injuries stemming from distracted walking incidents in the past 10 years. No kidding. Wow. In the past 10 years, 11,100 people have apparently gotten pretty messed up from not paying attention while crossing streets. Man. Yeah, that goes back to the technology thing. We, we, we have come up with so much technology, we have not even been able to successfully integrate it into our daily lives to the point where it's not like killing people or injuring people because people are like yeah this is great technology it's like now i don't have to worry about the real world but then the real world is the one that kills you and um so yeah you got to kind of be be watching out for that but uh, it just goes to say so where are we going to be i kind of mentioned it earlier where are we going to be in like 50 years uh we right now we can we can barely cross the street with the technology that we have because we're so engulfed by it i mean imagine if they go ahead and announce a zero zero gravity technology like yeah well now we can pretty much travel anywhere pretty pretty darn quick and all this and that are free we're not going to know how we're not going to know what to deal with it so in a way i can kind of see why things are are, are kept kind of secret there's a lot of stupid people out there <laughs> uh man so yeah i guess we'll just see how everything turns out but yeah traffic lights now on the ground for people on their phones so uh, not really in America yet. No, we're we're more of the kind of if you see them, then or uh, then give them a ticket kind of thing. Make a buck off of them. And we're not gonna give them a light. Good night. Come on. What are we talking about? This is the Wild West up in here. <laughs> Anyways, well that's all for today, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you joining me today. As always, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this has been News Through Different Views with Johnny Boy. Here's to hoping you guys have a great rest of the day. I'm out.